Welcome back to the Work Miha podcast, a place for mujeres motivated to cultivate the life they deserve. I am your host, Sochi Carmona, founder of Work Miha, an apparel and accessories brand for Latinas who unapologetically celebrate their culture through empowering and relatable messages. Thank you for joining me and enjoy these inspiring conversations. Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined by Naive Reynoso. Naive is a Mexican-American multi-Emmy award-winning journalist and mom based in Los Angeles, California. Throughout her journalism career, she has worked and contributed to various regional, national, and international networks. In 2018, she created Con Todo Press, a publishing company that creates books to amplify the voices of underrepresented communities. Her first children's book, Be Bold, Be Brave, 11 Latinas Who Made U.S. History was Amazon number one bestseller and highlights 11 women who excelled in medicine, science, sports, the arts, journalism, and politics. It was also awarded best non fiction picture book in the 2020 International Latino Book Awards was a 2020 Moonbeam Gold winner for Best Multicultural Nonfiction Book and was listed on the Texas Star Reading 2021 to 2022 list. Her books have been included in recommended kids' books that promote diversity and inclusion, and they have been featured on the Washington Post, Forbes, BuzzFeed, Library School Journal, and more. I am so excited to have her here on the podcast today and learn more about her journey. So welcome, welcome, Naive. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much to talk about. All these words, all of these books. But as I like to do here on the podcast and get a little astrological, I like to get to know our founders, you know, um, within their core a little bit. And it's always a fun little icebreaker. So Naive was kind enough to share what we call our top three, our sun, moon, and rising. So most of us know our sun sign, which is our birthday, and she is a, a Libra sun, another fellow air sign here. And our Libras are known as the scales. Our, you know, Libra suns are able to harmonize, bring peace to conflicted situations. It's they're a nice balance and justice seekers. So always great to have within the friend groups there, especially with the dramaticas. Um, and then she is also a Virgo moon. So our moon sign rules our body and our emotions. And our Virgo moons, they are very, you know, much about that attention to detail, the precision. Um, they can be very humble and um, calm and, you know, kind of reserved people. Libra risings. So two little Libras happen on here. So our Libra risings are very self-motivated, but can also maybe be a little competitive fireball. Um, they have a really great um, forceful personality and strong will, can have an unforgettable type of nature, very noticeable. Um, and I read something, which I kind of want to see if this comes out a little bit, maybe as we talk a little bit more and more about your work, but kind of a Libra rising who are also Libra sons, there's something about a desire for that self-development that might lead to success, um, which reflects in your career and or um, position. So, but in general, they have very great qualities of a leader. So excited to get to know more about you. I'm not sure if you also kind of look into astrology or had seen any of these things before. 
No, I mean, all I know is that I'm a Libra, but I don't know anything about Libra rising and Virgo moon and all of these things. So it's fascinating. And one thing I'm going to tell you that I've never even thought about is that Libra is, you know, a symbol of the weights, right? Of justice, of equality. And that's my whole thing in in my career as a as a journalist i'm always seeking the truth and seeking stories yes. to equal the playing field in our community to to highlight latinos not just in the stereotypical way but also highlight the good work that we're doing and and the amazing contributions that we do and also in my books con todo press i make sure that there's justice in media there's justice and equality so i feel like wow you know maybe because it's so funny because I do feel like I was born for this. Like I can't even control it. Like I can't say no to the the work and the passions that I have. So I guess we're born with these, with these signs and with these passions already kind of the little seed is already within us. So it was interesting to, to kind of like, wow, think about that, that correlation. So thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing and getting to know you a little bit astrologically. And it's actually funny. A lot of like, journalism, politicians, AOC is a Libra also, um, are, are Libra. So I love how that kind of connection comes together. But now that we got to know you a little bit astrologically, can you tell us more about who you are and what you were doing before you started uh, Con Todo Press? Sure. So... I was born here in Los Angeles. My parents are from Mexico. I started a career in journalism right out of college. Actually, I got an internship at Univision while I was at UCLA. So I have been a journalist for many years, since 1995. Um, if you could do the math, I can't anymore. I'm like, you know, I can't figure out the years or <laughs> uh, too much math. So, yeah, I, I covered national, local, regional. I've worked in Spanish. I've worked in English. And actually, fun fact, my very first on-camera job ever was for a children's Spanish television show here in Los Angeles that I created, mm. I produced, and I hosted, and it was called El Planeta Chiquitran. Um, mm. And it was kind of campy, really campy. It was... Um, based on a planet of children. And I played this alien from this planet that was learning along with the kids, right? An adult alien that was like, so what does this mean? And what does that mean? You know, kind of like that naive character that's trying to learn about planet Earth. Mm. Um, and I did that for three years. And then after that, I just jumped into reporting. So it's kind of funny that it's come back full circle. Yeah. And now I'm back with uh, children with my Contodo Press publishing company. Oh, wow. And then so at what point did you go from, you know, working in journalism and then deciding to, okay, I'm going to write a children's book? Mm -hmm. I think it was like the perfect storm or maybe the imperfect storm that created a perfect storm because it was back when... We had a Republican candidate for president that actually won the election, and I don't want to say his name. Mm, yeah, <laughs> but he shall not be named. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I was so devastated and sad um, about the things that he was saying about Latinos, about Mexicans, like specifically horrible words that we were rapists and gang members and criminals and Mexico doesn't bring their best. You know, those words mm -hmm. are forever etched in my consciousness. Um, 
So at that time, I, I, I just felt powerless. I felt really powerless. Like, how could this man have so much power that he's, he has this, this platform where he's just saying whatever he wants and people are listening. And these are my people. He's talking about my people. And I felt so powerless. So I think because I have been a journalist, I know the power of media. I know how powerful it is to have a platform and to amplify your message. So that made me feel like I want to fight his words of, of hate with words of hope, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a mom, so it really hurt my feelings as a mom to know that not only my children, but other Latino children and other non-Latino children are getting this message. So the Latino children are going to internalize all of these horrible things. And then the non-Latino children are going to think that that's what we are, right? When they hear these words. So I just said, you know what? Ya basta. Like, I need to do something about this. I'm, I'm going to use all of my tools and resources and training as a journalist of writing, of research, of all of that to create these books and really try to spread the message of the amazing contributions that Latinos have made to this country. We're 20% of the country. We have been largely erased from history books, which makes me super sad because this was half of America practically was Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. At one point. We have contributed so much that we do not get credit for. Not only the the workers in the in the fields and people in the service industry, but also you know Supreme Court justices, Oscar winners, all of these amazing contributions that our people have done that we don't get recognized. We we always I always feel like we get kind of put to the side. Oh, they don't care. They're not going to speak up. They don't matter, etc. So basically, those two feelings merge the feel well, actually three or I, I i would say yeah three so the feeling of being powerless to those words um the anger i had as a mom of how this was going to affect my children and my community and the all the kids um that are kind of absorbing these words of hate and then i just said you know what i've always wanted to be an entrepreneur which and that wasn't Wanting to be an entrepreneur wasn't really what made me do the books, it, it, but it, but the anger of defending my community mm. gave me kind of that, that, that fearlessness to do the books, right? It was, mm -hmm. now I didn't have the luxury of diddly daddle, like, oh, I'm too scared to open a company. Now it's like, I don't care if I'm scared. I need to do this because my community needs more books that reflect us in a positive way. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do it, do it scared. <laughs> we always, I, I think we always do things, feel the fear. I remember when I was a little girl, I read this book and the title was feel, feel the fear and do it anyway. And I've always like mm -hmm. held on to that, feel the fear and do it anyway, because we are going to feel the fear. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's something much needed because I remember growing up, you know, my mom read to us a lot. And I mean, for her, she spoke English. So we she read a lot of English books to us, but it was very much corduroy. It was Julius, the baby of the world, like definitely none where I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, there's a girl named Sochi or, you know, there's a little Mexican girl in that book, you know, so that's something that is definitely missing and i am excited that we have these options for when i have children you know writing a book for children what does that process you're like i'm gonna write a book what does that process look like do you have to pitch the idea first get it picked up 
then create or can you vice versa create and then find someone to right. publish how do you even go about writing a children's book yeah oh, there's boy. different ways to do it so you can either self-publish or you can do the traditional route which is doing a pitch finding an agent having the agent pitch your idea to a big publisher but that takes a lot of a, a lot of work and it, it's not guaranteed and there's a lot of gatekeepers um, that, you know, there's not a lot of Latinos in that industry, in the traditional space. So that's why we don't have a lot of Latino books. So it's a hard, difficult way to get in. It's not impossible. And there's been many Latinos that have been able to get into that traditional space. But I didn't even want to waste time because I, I felt personally the urgency of, of creating these books that I just wanted to get them done. So I created and I, I started my own publishing company. So the way I do mm -hmm. it, that I have my own publishing company is that I think of an idea, I write it. Um, and then I hire an illustrator. Then after I write it, I, I hire a copy editor to copy it, uh, edit it and then someone to correct the grammar. And then I hire an illustrator to obviously match my words with pictures and then send it to the printer and bam. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's there's obviously crazy. a lot more little details than that, but I'm just kind of giving you the, 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 you know, the small version, the short version of, of mm -hmm. how to get published. And so basically, did you feel like, you know what, I'm going to just bypass, bypass that obstacle by creating my own publishing company? Like what would, mm -hmm. I guess, what, what are the challenges you face as the author, you know, having you going through your own publishing company versus going through an established publishing company? Like what mm -hmm. are the pros cons like that you've right. experienced? Well, I've, it's funny because now I have been traditionally published by Disney, by Random House, by um, all these other companies that reached out to me to write adaptations of, of some of their intellectual property. Like I wrote the adaptation for Encanto for the Little Golden Book. Um, and I wrote this other book for a Netflix children's series called um, Karma's World. And I've done other books. So they came to me. So it wasn't like me knocking on their door. Um, mm -hmm. but as far as the challenges of self-publishing, I mean, I had to teach myself everything. I did hire a, a book coach for a couple of sessions that just gave me the basics. Like, how do I get an ISBN? How do I get a barcode? And I, you know, and then I, I hired a publishing attorney to make sure that all my ducks were in a row. Cause I wanted to do things the right way. I wanted to, I mm -hmm. trademarked my company and my logo. And I made sure that because I do have books that talk about biographies and talk about other people. So I wanted to make sure that that was legal. I mean, is that okay for me True. to do? Like, can I talk about uh, Selena and Rita Moreno and all of these other, you know, public figures? And it is because it is freedom of speech. Um, but there's also things that I reach out to him here and there because you just don't know. And when you start a business, it's really important to make sure that you do things the right way. So, um, because you want to feel like confident in what you're doing, you mm -hmm. don't want to feel like you're building a house with a weak foundation, right? So you build a house with a really strong foundation. That's going to cost a lot of money at first, but your foundation now is strong because you've invested in that. 
So, um, yeah, the challenge is, like I said, is investing in a team. But like mm-hmm. my lawyer, it's not like I, he's on payroll. You know, I just pay him hourly whenever I need him, mm-hmm. which is very convenient. And I hired the coach for a couple of sessions. I hire copy editors to that. And these copy editors that look at my books or my manuscript before I, I actually publish, they're experienced copy editors. They've worked for Scholastic and Random House and all of these other amazing public, you know, um, publishing companies because they, I want to make sure that I'm doing things, like I said, the right way. Mm-hmm. And so what is your total of books you've written under uh, Conto Con- Press Publishing? I'm, I'm starting to lose count again, just like <laughs> I'm telling I'm not good at math. That's awesome. Okay, so <laughs> let me see. I have Be Bold, Be Brave, Fearless Trailblazers, Courageous History Makers, An Educator's Guide Companion Book, Courageous Camila, How to Fold a Taco, Be Bold, Be Brave Chiquitos, El Cucuy, um... And then my new book, which is coming out in the next month or so, Abuela's Wishing Tree. So I have nine. Oh, and more wow. on the way. From what year to what year? So my very first book was published, was released in 2019. Oh, wow. That's a lot of so... books since 2019. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like I could have done more books, but it's just me. Um, mm-hmm. I have been trying to like delegate and hire more contractors and this and that, but you know, it's, it's hard. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. hard to, to get organized sometimes because I have other jobs. Like I am still a journalist. So I work as a contractor for another company as a journalist. I have, I co-founded Latina Fest. So it it takes up like five months out of my life to organize. It's like organizing Mm -hmm. a big wedding, you know, every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I enjoy that as well. So it, there's a lot going on. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure it out and I want my company to be super successful. So I'm trying to just like, and that's the hard part. You ask like, what's the hard part? The, that's the hard part, figuring it out because especially when you're first generation, you don't have that legacy of like, oh, my dad had his own company or my uncle has his own. So he, like his, Whatever. It doesn't have to be publishing, but it could be any other company that they can give you the template or they can kind of tell you, hey, like, why don't you do your company? Like, I'm learning everything on the fly. I didn't go to business school. So I'm just joining groups. You know, I'm I'm listening to podcasts about business. I am um, applying to different cohorts and different grants that that also come with a cohort of like mentors and this and that to basically teach myself how to, how to run this business mm-hmm. and how to like make it super successful. Piece it together. Yes. And so for those of us who don't know for like, so you have your books, you know, you have a publishing company. Is it normally like the responsibility of like the publishing company to like market the books for you? I'm thinking like music wise, like record labels, right? When you go with like, you create the song, you go with the record label, like, is that yes. the responsibility or how do you market? Right, right. No, definitely. I mean, part of having a publishing company, it's not just writing books. It is distribution, right? Mm-hmm. It is shipping. It is um, marketing. And marketing, the way I do it is like I, I do ad ads on Amazon. I do ads on social media. 
I do as much social media as possible because that's free advertising, right? Like when you create content on, on Instagram or on TikTok, it's basically free marketing unless you boost a post. And I do do that here and there. And that's about it. I mean, I don't really, I have done a lot of interviews, like press interviews from, because I'm a journalist, I do have a lot of friends that are reporters or no reporters. So I've mm. been getting a lot of, um, I've been lucky where I've been getting a lot of attention from just because I know all of these reporters, especially in Los Angeles. So I'll mm -hmm. send them up my little press release that I write or I'll go, Hey, I'm releasing a new book. Do you think you're, you would be interested? So I do a lot of like that kind of guerrilla marketing, so to speak. I was about to say your pitch has probably got to be very good. <laughs> you know what journalists are looking for, what they're going to open. What's that? Uh, what is it? The subject line? What's a good one opener? <laughs> right. Yeah. And even when it's, I mean, Getting coverage in the media is super hard it and it, what it's called earned media, meaning you didn't pay for it. it they're just mm. voluntarily choosing to do a story on you. It's really hard because, yeah, even me as a journalist, knowing how what kind of headlines these reporters are looking for, having friends that are in the industry, it's still hard to to get airtime. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we, we we do our best and I've been lucky that I have been in... Univision, Telemundo, National, Local, New York, not New York Times yet, Washington Post, LA Times, like I've gotten BuzzFeed. Um, a lot of outlets have covered Contodo Press, the Contodo Press journey. Oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. And oh, I can just only imagine how many more are coming. And I bet that's just like a hard, not hard, well, hard, definitely, but like, they're hard critics, probably, where it's like, are they going to open this? You know, are they not? But what I'm wondering, the even harder critics are the people that you write these books for, which are the kids. You know, there's writing a book, but then writing a book for kids, um, specifically, you know, to portray underrepresented communities. Like, what would you say, like, makes a not only a good book, but an engaging one for children to kind of like teach them, you know, about these historical figures, especially maybe the nonfiction, but even the fiction ones. Like, how do you, you write this book? And then how do you know, like these kids right. are going to be like, oh my gosh, mom, I want it. It's going to be the next big thing. Well, it's really tough, obviously. Um, so for my nonfiction books, which are the, my, my biography books, I tried to make them very colorful. The characters very appealing and also rhyming, rhyming in English and rhyming in Spanish. Right. So I think that's, that's a good way to, cause if you're, if you write for children, for young children and it's rhyming, it's almost like a song that you're singing to them when you're, um, when you're reading it, it's like a cadence, right. Mm -hmm. And children love songs. So I, that's the tactic I use for my nonfiction books and for my fiction fiction books, except for Courageous Camila. That one does not rhyme. But um, <laughs> The Taco, How to Fold a Taco, it's just a really, really fun, fun book and silly book about ridiculous ways you can fold a taco, which obviously are not real. Like, oh, hire a helicopter and hire a dragon and a dinosaur to help you and blah, blah, blah. And all of this rhymes. But at the end of the book... 
I made sure, even though it's it's a fun, silly book about how to fold a taco, at the end of the book, I always insert a message of empowerment. Like in that book, I, I talk about at the end, I do a little history of the taco and I make sure that I write that the indigenous populations cultivated and pretty much created corn, which give, now allows us to have tacos because corn was the first kind of taco. Like you made tacos out of corn tortillas and then after the flour tortilla was introduced but the original og tacos are corn tortillas so you know so i start with that with that little piece of information that the indigenous population were really great um in agriculture and they created the system of corn corn was not did not exist if it wasn't for the indigenous population of mexico and south South Mexico, like in a little bit of South Mexico, we wouldn't have corn syrup. We wouldn't have corn. People don't know that. Like, remember when I said that a lot of times our history is kind of not really acknowledged or mm -hmm. taken into consideration. That's a big deal. Like a lot of these um, soda brands wouldn't be as popular because they're created with mm. corn syrup, right? Think about everything mm -hmm. made with corn. So make a long story short. I always try to, even though if it's a fun book, I always try to insert some kind of like fun fact about the contributions of Latinos and writing books for kids is such a delicate balance. And it's so hard because you, you want to have fun. Like, that's why I think my books are a mix. Like I want to have fun books that are just silly, mm -hmm. right? Like the how to fold a taco. And my next one is how to stuff a piñata. And I also mm -hmm. have... Um, te amo, my little taquito. I love you, my little taquito. That's, you know, just <laughs> really cute. But Courageous Camila does touch upon a little bit the struggle of our culture um, and some of the hardships that our culture faces. Because it's it's like you don't want to further traumatize kids and go like, oh, it's all bad. We're all we're suffering, you know, but at the same time. Don't we also up. don't want. <laughs> yeah. We also don't want to ignore some real facts. So in mm -hmm. Courageous Camila, it's a, about a little girl that really wants to do jujitsu, and her mom puts her in a jujitsu class, and she feels like she can't do it, like she keeps failing. And the mom is like, you know, it took me forever to learn how to make grandma's tamales. I failed so many times before I made the perfect tamale. So you have mm -hmm. to do the same thing in jujitsu. And, and then it's just like the story about how she sees her mom as a warrior because her mom learned English. Her mom started her own business, tamal business, right? Mm -hmm. So that one isn't as, as silly and fan fantastical. It has that message of, of perseverance and fighting through your fear. But I think it's also as equally or if not more important because we want to also spread that message that you have to fight for what you want and we're warriors and anything is possible if you really put your heart, soul, and mind to it. Oh, that's awesome. We're just going to make the Work Me Have podcast story time with <laughs> <laughs> just read aloud time, <laughs> make it a TikTok. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Oh my Free marketing, <laughs> right? There you go. Um, actually, people do do that on TikTok, which is because I remember someone was doing lives and they were just like live story time. Really? Remember, on yeah, TikTok? Was, yeah. Oh my and, gosh. 
I am going to try that today. You should. Right you after should. We do this, I'm going to try that and see what happens. You should. Because I was telling my husband, I was like, well, this is crazy. You're doing like story time. He's like, well, think about it. There's like kids who are just scrolling and maybe they don't have their parents to read to them, you know, at night and stuff. So it might be an interesting one. Okay. I'm going to do it tonight. Yeah, do it. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna look. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, like definitely try it. And I feel like, um, there are so many stories to be told, nonfiction, fiction, and fun traditions to share in the, in the uh, fiction section. So for you, like, I'm, I bet you probably have a list. Like, how do you decide, like, what book needs to be written next? Like, do you have, like, a spreadsheet of, like, 100 different ideas? I, I do have a spreadsheet. I do, of, like, all my ideas. And then some are more developed. And I've actually already written two ideas that are, like, not, they're written. They just have to be copy edited. To the copy editing process takes it to the whole nother level. So mm-hmm. we can't skip that part. Um, and then I have like, th- yeah, I definitely have my list of things that I want to that I want to write about. Books. And then, how old are your kids? Do you like test these out with them beforehand? Oh my god! <laughs> <To> see, <laughs> well, my oldest daughter is now nineteen years old. Okay, <laughs> so no, not on her. And now my son is ten. Oh, uh, wow. So when I first started, he was a little younger, so I could, um, you know, read to him. And now he wants nothing to do with it because he's ten. Now he's into video games and all of that. But it's so funny because once. <laughs> This is hilarious. Uh, actually, I don't remember if it was for Univision or Telemundo. They asked me to record a video of me reading to my children, right? Uh-huh. A book, one of my books. This was like during the pandemic and their faces were so not into these books. Like they had a Fuchi face and I'm like, this is not good marketing. <laughs> I'm not going to use this video, my own children. But that's because they they see it and breathe it and hear it every single day that to them it's nothing new it's not innovative right so mm-hmm. um no i don't really test it out i i don't know maybe i'm just a kid at heart and like i said i did do the children's tv show back in 1995 so mm, true true and for those 3 years i really felt like i i i got it like i got you like i know what you're thinking and feeling so i i still feel that sometimes with kids like like I said, I think part of us, it are, we are kids at heart. You know, there's part of us that the little niñita is still inside of our soul. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like very much like writing the things you wish you had, which there's a lot of things we're missing from our, our own childhoods growing up reading. Right, right. Like Camila, oh. Courageous Camila, I was kind of a tomboy when I was growing up and I always felt like... I like a little confused like okay I love throwing rocks I love climbing I like playing with the boys I like getting mud and getting dirty and all this stuff but I never saw the only little girl I saw doing that on TV was um Pippi Longstocking I don't know if you've ever heard mm, of that True yeah 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 I, she was like my hero <laughs> So besides that there was nothing else so Courageous mm-hmm. Camila, she's kind of a little bit of a tomboy, right? She does jujitsu. She, she's in competition and in tournaments for jujitsu. And yeah, I think there's a lot of little girls that should explore non-traditional sports. And there's no samples of us doing that. So yeah, to, mm-hmm. to your point, right. 
that was one of the inspirations behind Courageous Camila. Oh, man. Now I want to read Courageous Camila. I got to check it out. <laughs> it sounds good. I was like, oh, man. I like this because, yeah, it's like we grew up with Disney princesses and, you know, you, you got to do your makeup, you know. So I like that it's not very the norm, like a gender norm. No, Courageous Camila. She just likes right. what she likes. She's a girl, She's... but that's what she likes. Right. I mean, I do remember Shira, but she was like unrealistic. I don't know if you remember, like mm. He-Man and Shira. Mm -mm. I mean, Shira had like more muscles than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right? Oh. So it's something, it was a character I could not relate to. She was a strong, physically strong woman in a cartoon, but it's like, it was very foreign to me. Right. But if it's a little brown mm -hmm. girl that just is, is normal and is doing amazing things and jujitsu and all and surfing and skateboarding, then that's a little more relatable. Mm -hmm. I love that relatable. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so with like all these awards and all these books, I did also see recently that you announced that Scholastic has licensed two of your books, which was an exciting moment. And for me, I just know growing up, Scholastic was like a big deal. It was like Scholastic Book Fair. So what does this partnership and kind of like is a stamp of approval? Like what does it mean for, you know, your books and Contodo Press? Yeah. Well, just like the other companies that I said that reached out to me, I didn't reach out to Scholastic. They reached out to me. So somehow they found my books and my company. And yeah, and they licensed Courageous History Makers and Fearless Trailblazers, which are two nonfiction books about Latino leaders. And of course, yeah, it is like a stamp of approval. It's it's like, I mean, it, it's a little bit of that and it's a little bit of an indication that maybe our world is opening up a little more the 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 idea that we do belong in in books right because scholastic is the biggest distributor of educational books in schools mm -hmm. however it makes me sad that a lot of books like mine are being banned and i don't know if you're aware of this like i in was florida. about to ask next Dang, yeah yeah like in florida um I remember I, I posted recently one of my books and someone asked me, are these banned in Florida? And it just took me aback. Like, wow. Like we, we, you know, one step forward, we take one step forward and two steps back mm -hmm. because, you know, Florida, I guess they don't think that diverse books have merit and that they're more, they do more harm than good, which is yeah. very sad. Thank, thank goodness Florida's I don't live in problem. Florida. <laughs> yeah, no. And oh my gosh, imagine. Oh, <laughs> did they ban all of your books? Like are they all well, on I don't, the list, or which ones no, made it on the list? <laughs> I don't know if any of my books have made it on the list. Um, I don't know, but I'm sure they would not be approved <laughs> if yeah. they're banning diverse books, especially bilingual books, which like I said, is, is really sad because on the one hand you have a huge company like Scholastic embracing these diverse books that are bilingual um, and have a positive message on, on the other hand, you have certain governments banning the exact same books. Is it just Florida? Which other, um, I think states? Texas, some, I think, um, I'm not I'm that not. I'm aller I'm allergic to bad news, like to like bad. <laughs> like, it's That's like, why you switch to children's books right? out of the journalism. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't even want to read this article because it's going to make Ugh. me sick. And, and like when I do read headlines, you know, it's like the same kind of concept of 
people that don't read their con- like uber popular celebrities that don't like reading comments because they're going to be mm. like criticized or negative comments. I feel like the same way when my community is being attacked, like mm-hmm. it hurts me. It hurt. It hurts me. And I don't want to take into my soul something that's going to hurt me. Right. So I know that it exists, but I'm not really in the weeds as to how bad it is. These book bans, mm-hmm. because I know it's going to be hurtful for me. And, um, I should, I should, because as an advocate for diverse books, I think I should be a little more aware of exactly what parts and what school systems are banning our wonderful books. But I don't know. I I feel like it's, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah. Does that like affect like distribution or anything or cause is it with school partnerships or anything? It hasn't affected me that I felt yet okay but i think it's still it's just not good you know it's no it's it's not good it's not good like the message that these book bands are sending not only to book buyers but to children and to parents and there's there's a lot of parents that support these book bands um like it made me so sad that i almost cried and i think i i might have gotten really sentimental that um, Roberto Clemente, and I'm, I'm not sure if you know who he is, but Roberto Clemente mm-hmm. was a Puerto Rican, uh, baseball player that was super, super talented. And he, he passed away. I don't know what year, a long, long time ago in a plane crash because he was distributing, he was on the plane to distribute supplies to children in need. Mm. Um, and, and the plane crashed long story short, he's been revered and, 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 um, rightfully so he was not only an advocate for his community, but he really gave back. There's a, his biography is banned. His biography is banned because he advocated for racial equality. That's why they're banning his book. That's why. Can you believe that? And also like a book about Jean-Michel Basquiat, who was Mm -hmm. half Puerto Rican, half African-American, one of the books about him is banned because he also talked about racial equality in his artwork. Mm. And it like, I'm telling you, like, I literally wanted to cry when I was like, how could this man who, who gave his life to improving the life of other children in need mm-hmm. is, is, you know, his Biogra- his children's biography book is banned because he advocated for racial equality. How does that make sense? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So, yeah, it's a sad state of, of affairs. It's unfortunate, but it's also unfortunate that just given this world, I'm also not surprised that decisions like this and states like, you know, where they're banning these books are just like you said, one step forward, 10 steps back, you know? So how do you feel like the publishing world, you know, can overcome these obstacles? Well, I think there's, there was a lot of backlash with the traditional publishing world. You know, there's a lot of different publishing worlds. There's the traditional publishing world, which received a lot of backlash like three years ago, right before COVID 
because there wasn't diversity within the traditional publishing space. And it was like, why, mm -hmm. aren't, why aren't these big publishers publishing more Latino stories or own voices stories, stories, novels that are written by Latinos, right? So they tried to correct it a little bit and, and, and take on a little bit more. So that, that's one challenge. So in the self-publishing world, yeah, I mean, it makes our job as self-publishers even harder because it does restrict our, our customers. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to waste my time reaching out to a distributor or a school in Florida if my mm -hmm. books are banned in 100% of their schools or 90% of their schools, right? So um, I think we just have to keep doing the work and plugging away and putting these books out there. Mm-hmm. Don't let it stop you. Definitely. Hopefully I know, I feel like, especially for like you, it definitely won't. I feel like if anything, you'll just like you did the last time, just felt some type of way. And you're like, well, I'm just going to go harder. I'm just going to create more books. I'm just going to do even more. So hopefully maybe that almost like rage will just, I don't know, something even better will come about from this for your business, for the community, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's unfortunate news. But to switch gears into a happier <laughs> for everybody who has had access to your books, uh, who will continue to have access. And for you personally, after everything you've written so far, what do you feel has been your personal favorite and why? Is it Camila? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I have a personal favorite because yeah, like they're all special in their own way. Um, mm -hmm. My very first book, Be Bold, Be Brave, I think it's kind of like when you have your first child, your first child is the, not that you love that first child most, but it's the child that made you a mother. It's the child that introduced mm. you to motherhood, right? So um, you always, that memory of, that first one, I think is a little more poignant in our subconscious because just because it was like, before that, you didn't know what you were getting yourself into, right? So Be Bold, Be Brave was my first book. It has actually been the most successful commercially. And and even and it's won a lot of awards. Um, so I think I hold I hold a special little place in my heart for Be Bold, Be Brave, because it taught me to be bold and brave, right? It taught me mm -hmm. to, it forced me to be bold and brave, just like the title of the book of just like, just do it, just go for it, write this book, share your message to the world. So I, I, I feel like there's a, a bond there with that first book. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I don't know, even, yeah, now that we're like, we're talking about, you know, this whole book band thing and then be bold, be brave. I feel like, just that book in general, that's what you're doing. You're being bold, you're being brave, you're pushing through um, these injustices. <laughs> Libra's son is always mm -hmm. fighting these off. Right. So I continue to be bold, be brave, and I hope that it continues to inspire little young girls to be bold and be brave and see the world that we live in, but just, you know, continue on. And with that, you know, as your business grows, as your book list grows, as Contola Press grows, like what goals, if you can share, um, do you have for Contola Press? Well, I would love Contola Press to become more of a multimedia company. 
Um, I have, I would love to do a podcast, an educational podcast about different mm. things of Latino leaders and Latino facts. And did you know that like corn was invented or created by the indigenous agricultural, um, agriculturists or, <laughs> um, did you know that the Mayans invented the zero? Did you know, like all of these, did you know that we brought chocolate or we kind of like chocolate is a creation of also indigenous peoples of the Americas, mm -hmm. things like that. So I would like for it to involve more, um, meet like media podcast shows. I would love to, and I have pitched shows through my books. Um, mm -hmm. I was to say going back to, yeah, like you said, right. full circle. <laughs> Right. And oh my gosh. would you consider like doing something on YouTube, like starting a YouTube show and or like TikTok, like uh, shorts, maybe like I feel like that's a way to start. Maybe. But I mean, I would need more investment and we go back to the mm. the team and the help, right? Mm -hmm. Like the bandwidth problem. True. So, yeah, I if I had um, unlimited funds, I could hire a team to help me create this. But I, I have. I, I can't do it myself and I don't want someone, I can't expect someone to do it for free. Right. So I have to pay people. And how do you pay people? You need funds, you need investment, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I, 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 right now I'm just taking it one step at a time. I'm, um, really manifesting a lot and trying to be in a more spiritual space because I really do feel like you, you first, you think it, then you believe it then you make it happen. You know, it all starts in your, in your head. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of ideas per percolating in my head. And I'm just trying to, like I said, be very intentional, very spiritual about it and not, not try to just get a quick buck or, um, just do things fast and furious and just do things. Like I really want to make sure that everything is curated perfectly and done with intentionality and, I can't, you can't speed up that process, you know, in order to bake a cake, you can't pop it in the microwave. You have to bake it in the oven and let it time, mm -hmm. let it bake. So yeah, a lot more plans in my head. So we'll see, we'll see what happens in the years to come. Mm -hmm. It's a Virgo moon, precision, details, logistics, let's plan it out and yeah. a speak it into existence on the Work Me How podcast. So hopefully <laughs> we'll right. have to do an update and see how that all is going in a couple of years, months, who knows, but I'm excited for that and for you and just to see everything just grow and, you know, definitely we'll be having to add some of the books to our future <laughs> list, but before we end this podcast just had a quick few lightning round type questions if you want to answer the first thing comes to mind you can expand don't worry and if not i'm a chismosa and i'll ask you <laughs> to expand so um but the first question is what is your favorite me time activity if and when you can find a time <laughs> working out oh yes i'm gonna be that. 50 this year and i'm also like good. Thank you. I'm also really just like changing priorities. Like I, I feel working out is so important because we, at the end of the day, we're, we're human beings. We were born to be active. Like our bodies were built to be active. So, um, in order to stay healthy and be able to achieve my dreams and be able to 
grow old with the people I love, I need to take care of my body. We only have one body. Mm -hmm. We can't replace it. We can't borrow someone else's body. We can't buy someone else's body. So I really feel like fitness has really been, I don't know. It's kind of been like seen as something that's a privilege, right? I don't have the time. It costs too much, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, if you really find the time, you can do it. You can do it from home. You can take a walk. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Working yes, out. walks. Walks, <laughs> like honestly, just do so much for you that people don't realize. Right. I've had it. two trainers already. I'm on my second trainer and both trainers are like 10K steps a day, like 10K, mm-hmm. 10,000 steps a day. And it's not, it sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. It's only like 40 mm-hmm. minutes, mas o menos of a walk. Yeah. So you could do 20 minutes in the morning and then 10 here. And then if you do chore, like you said, or whatever at the house, that's another, you know, it can add up quickly, but you have to be intentional. If you're just on your desk or on the couch, you're not going to get to the 10K. Mm-hmm. Also really good for the creativity too, I feel like. Creative oh, yeah. Works. Definitely. I love it. Okay. Next question. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I've, I think I've read so many books and I've listened to so many audiobooks, and I listened to so many podcasts that are all about advice, 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 advice that I don't, I don't feel like there's one mantra or one thing piece of advice that I've held on to. I think it's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little pieces of advice. Um, I, it's hard for me to answer that question because I can't think of one piece of advice that someone's told me that, that I hold on to. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe this question, next one, what is a piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to pursue a business like yours? So this one, it's not going to sound pretty, but I always, have this little thing in my brain whenever I I'm scared of something, whether it's starting a business or starting a meeting or having a difficult conversation or anything. I always tell myself, put your big girl pants on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, it's not going to sound pretty. Like, I don't know if there's a book out there called put your big girl pants on, but Maybe if I ever wrote a self-help book, that's what I would title it. Put, put your big girl pants on. And that's... Ponte los chones. <laughs> put your big chones on and get, yeah. get the damn thing done. <laughs> because Ooh, I have... to your list. Yeah, I have a 19-year-old daughter and she's going through a difficult time right now. She's in college all the way across the country in New York. She's a, a lacrosse player. She's just going through a lot of different changes. And, you know, I whenever she has a difficult thing to do, I'm like, Miha, put your big girl pants on. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, but what does that little word, what, or that phrase, what does it, it switches my, it's kind of like a switch, like, like, Oh my God, I'm scared. And it's like, okay. Mm. It kind of puts, puts me into an alter ego state of like, okay, it's not me. It's, it's, it's like the naiva with the big girl pants. on. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like Beyonce, she has Sasha Fierce, her mm. alter ego. When she goes on stage, she says, it's not Beyonce, it's Sasha Fierce. So oh mine my is my big girl pants. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh, I love it, I love it. Okay, next question. What is the best resource that has helped you along your journey? This can be a book, a podcast, app. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Audible, I don't want to plug, mm. they don't pay me nothing, but <laughs> I'm going to have to say like, because I, I don't have time to actually physically read or mm -hmm. I don't make the time. I'm not going to say I don't have time. I don't make the time. I, I have listened to so many books. There's so many books out there that like, there's this one book called, um, something i forgot something like i am home or i'm home something like that and it's very it's like about your internal spiritual journey of like building a home that you feel at home with and not relying on someone else to build a home for you not obviously a real physical home home mm -hmm. it's more like a symbolic home right but i've discovered so many different amazing books i don't think there's one book that encapsulates everything so yeah. So I would say audible because I get, when I want to learn more about business, I'll buy a business book and listen to it while I'm working out, mm -hmm. while I'm walking, while I'm doing dishes. If I want to be more spiritual and get in touch with that, I'll buy a book or, you know, podcast. If you don't want to buy the books, you can also listen mm -hmm. to podcasts that have, that can help you like with these, you know, like speaking of podcasts, one of the podcasts says, you know, um, if you can't afford a mentor or if you don't have mentors in your life, you can men, you know, people that are do writing books or, or having podcasts can be your mentors, can be your mm. far away mentors, but they're still your mm -hmm. mentors. You could still listen to them and, and take their advice and all of that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is where we have these guests on the Work Me Out podcast so they can be your mentors <laughs> right? for the future half us. But Definitely. yes, I love listening too because I prefer the art of multitask. So while I'm doing, while I'm driving, I was like, oh, do I have to drive like 40 minutes? I was like, well, let's listen to a good podcast, listen to an audible. I will try mm -hmm. to get them for free at the library, but those wait lists are crazy long. So podcast for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Podcast, there's hours and hours and hours of Anything you could think of, mm -hmm. any topic. Or something for everyone, for real. Okay. And last question. Where can listeners connect with you online? So drop all the handles, <laughs> websites. I will link it on the podcast. Perfect. So my personal Instagram and all social media is Naive Reynoso, N-A-I-B-E-R-E-Y-N-O-S-O. And, and for my business, Con Todo Press, it's also everything. TikTok, Instagram is Con Todo Press. And then if you want to check out Latina Fest, which I am the co-founder of, uh, it's Latina Fest on all platforms. And Latina Fest is a yearly open, uh, you know, open air festival that celebrates all things Latina. And I co-founded that and I'm deep in, in planning that as we speak. So check it out if you can. Awesome. I will definitely link all of that down below so everybody can check out all the things and stay up to date with you and con todo press. But thank you so much, Naive, for joining us on the Work Me How podcast. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I hope you are adding a couple of extra books to your list to check out for the little ones. But thank you, guys. And until next time, thank you so much, Naive. Thank you so much, Sochil, and congratulations on all your success. So I'm going to have to have you on my podcast at some point. It's Ooh. not going to launch till April, but we'll, I'll have to reach out. For sure, for sure. Poco, poco, all the things, but I'm excited <laughs> to have you here, and hopefully we'll make it on over there. So make sure you follow Naibe. You can see me on her end. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
Visit workmija.com, that's W-E-R-K mija.com to pick up your new favorite Chingona Fuel Cafecito mug or our Bet on Yourself Mija and No Pares Mija apparel for yourself and your comadres chingonas. Don't forget to follow Work Mija on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook for fun Latinx-inspired content. Make sure to tune in to the Work Mija podcast and listen to more inspiring mujeres.